Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a palace right here. The late night flight is paid for by the following. Time to play the game where we find out who's capping. It is... This is the game where we find out if this is the bullshit. Co-producer Smarts, before we start, I just want to say congratulations to Amazon. Amazon has canceled their drug screening policy. What? That's right. So they are respecting marijuana's gangster, and you no longer have to get drug tested for marijuana. That is wild. I am putting in an application tomorrow. <laughs> And I am working overtime because having a podcast, even though we have over 4,100 downloads, is not cheap. And counting. And counting. It's not cheap. Word up. Teen Mom OG cast member Mackenzie McKee was educated by Vice President of Color of Change via conversation over the use of the word color when referring to people of color or how to just say black, brown, African-American, or queen when she made a comment about Vice President Kamala Harris. Smarts, is this the bullshit that instead of letting WWE SmackDown Women's Champion Bianca Belair suplex the taste out of Mackenzie's mouth, we gave her speech therapy instead? Yeah, that's the bullshit. Smarts, you're going to like this one right here, bro. Check this all one right, out. All right, all right. I'm ready. I'm ready. The creator of OnlyFans, Brittany Portillo, recently had a heart attack after attempting a dangerous TikTok challenge entitled The Dry Scooping Challenge, which involves swallowing pre-workout powder, which can give an energizing effect. That would remind you of the Jason Thaysom movie, The uh, Crank. Yeah. When it was just like pumping, yeah. like, uh, all that adrenaline. Yeah. Same difference with the amino acids in powdered, that powdered dry stuff scooping. before you. Yeah, yeah. The dry scooping challenge. Okay. I ain't know people was doing it. That sounds wild. I'm not on TikTok. Who cares? Smarts, I ask you, is this the bullshit that Britney didn't want to stick to swallowing on OnlyFans? Oh my God. <laughs> Yo, OnlyFans dry scooping. You know, I was thinking that it's something else, but yeah, that's a book for sure. <laughs> and finally, and finally, and finally, according to TheGuardian.com, two really rich white men, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, are set to build a new kind of nuclear reactor in Wyoming. Smart side asks you. I ask you, smarts. Smarts, I ask you. I ask you, smarts. Can I answer it? Oh, no. You already? I know you can't answer it. <laughs> but your job is to say what? What? Is it the bullshit that they trying to kill Kanye? You ain't got to oh. answer that. Come on, really rich white men. Leave Kanye alone. He's not doing anything. It's in Wyoming. It's just him, his divorce papers, a bunch of lizards, and a college football team. Leave Kanye alone. Do not kill Kanye. Thank you. <laughs> you. Bye-bye. <laughs> you a wild <laughs> bro. It's a bunch of us. I'm a hand of colony. Everybody on they Martin, everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it, I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash a bird in 40 on the Yeah, I'm acting nerdy if it's at the appellation to the appellation. I'ma do whatever that they take to make a black nation. Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sweet, and I'm your chief flight attendant. On behalf of the pilot and the entire crew, welcome aboard the late night flight. And here is your captain, the now river of New Jersey. The pilot of Tuskegee training, 
the greatest honey badger who has ever lived. The creator of Black Pilot Radio and the Late Night Flight. Here is the victorious one, Nassour Nuber. What up, my passengers? We are first in priority, and we will be departing in five minutes. But before we do, do us a solid. Give us a like on our Facebook page. Follow us on IG. Chirp at us. Why don't you? On Twitter at The Late Night Flight. And catch all 48 episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, The Late Night QR Scan, wherever. Podcasts are available, but let me get into my piece. The 2018 and 2020 U.S. Open winner and the 2019 and 2021 Australian Open winner, the half-Haitian, Japanese-born queen herself, Naomi Osaka must flew to Wakanda, copped down on some vibranium and wanted to test out her new gangster this past week. Coming off a brilliant performance in the 2021 Australian Open, she made it quite clear that she would not do any press at the French Open because she considered the practice harmful to athletes' mental health. She says... We're often sat there and asked questions that bring doubt into our minds, and I'm just not going to subject myself to people that doubt me. The committee of the French Open at Roland Garros countered with a $15,000 fine. Then Naomi goes on Twitter and posts this statement. Now, this statement is kind of long, so just bear with me. All right, bear with me. This show is going to actually be good. Come on, just check me out. Hey, everyone, this isn't a situation I have ever imagined or intended when I posted a few days ago. I think now... The best thing for this tournament, the other players and my well-being is that I withdraw so that everyone can get back to focusing on tennis going on in Paris. I never wanted to be a distraction. I accept my timing was not ideal. My message could have been clearer. You good, Naomi. You good. You good. More importantly, I would never trivialize mental health or use the term lightly. The truth is I have suffered long bouts of depression since the U.S. Open in 2018. Damn, you won that. And I have really, I have a really hard time coping with that. Anyone that knows me knows that I am introverted. And anyone that has seen me at tournaments will notice that I am often wearing headphones as that helps dull my social anxiety. Quick thing, quick thing, Tasha. I just want to say this real fast. If she is wearing headphones and that do help her dull her social anxiety, I'm pretty sure she's not listening to her boyfriend because her boyfriend music is terrible. Okay, anyway. Though the tennis press have always been kind to me, and I want to apologize to all the cool journalists who I may have hurt, I am not a natural public speaker and get huge waves of anxiety before I speak to the world's media. I really get nervous and find it stressful to always try to engage and give you the best answers I can. So here in Paris, I was already feeling vulnerable and anxious, so I thought it was better to exercise self-care and skip the press conferences. I announced it preemptively because I do feel like the rules are quite outdated in parts and I wanted to highlight that. I wrote privately to the tournament apologizing and saying that I would be more than happy to speak with them after the tournament as the slams are intense. I'm going to take some time away from the court now, but when the time is right, I really want to get back to work with the tour and discuss ways how we can make things better for the players, press, and fans. She ends on this note, Tasha. Anyways, Hope you're all doing well and staying safe. Love you guys. See you when I see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm out of here. I got money. Don't worry. I'll be fine. Look, listen. Full disclaimer, Naomi, I support you. I understand what you're doing. I pray it works out for you. You are the hottest name in tennis right now. You may be the reason Americans will or will not watch the tournament. Full disclaimer, Naomi, 
I also know that all tennis players have contractual media obligations. Can't get your bag right if you're not going to talk about the wins, the losses, and the preparation that's in between. Now, I'm pretty sure as she steps away from tennis to rebuild herself, and while she's doing that, her sponsors better pay them fines. Pay them fines for her. Why not? I'm pretty sure one of her sponsors, Tasha, is like, yo, listen, here go the yacht. Go ahead. Do some self-care, girl. It's all good. It's all good. But my only wish is that Naomi and the Grand Slam tournaments come to an agreement about media obligations. Now, I was talking to co-producer Smarts, Tasha, and he was saying to me, well, why can't the media talk to Naomi's coach or trainer after a game? And I understand that, but it's the same reason why you don't want to talk to Naomi Osaka's manager after your first date with Naomi. The media, myself included, we want to hear the story being told from the primary source, not the secondary source. And yes, media tends to be outdated with what they think is professionalism and journalism. Sure, definitely. One way to cure that is allow the new generation of journalists, 40 years and under, to get to ask these questions live. The ones that's 41 and up, let them just write the columns for their respected newspapers. But, but Tasha, what do you think negotiation between Naomi and Tennis will look like regarding the press? I actually agree with Smarts on this. And I agree with Naomi's statement. Sometimes um, athletes want to stay focused and the media can pull them from their game and during a tournament. So I think that they should talk to the coaches like Smart said. I, I do agree with that because that pulls them from focusing when they're talking to the media. Like she said, they bring them down with some of the questions. So that is something that they could do as far as an agreement. But I do feel, like you said, that they should come to some terms, but maybe just talk to them after their tournaments or after their games, but not during the tournaments and the games. How do you build a sport? How do you build a match? You don't build a match with coaches and trainers. You build the match with players. When the players are on TV, it makes people want to go watch. When the players are on the microphone talking about their game, whether they win or lose, people want to watch. NBC wants to give you footage of Naomi Osaka, not Naomi Osaka's manager. Okay? It's the same reason why people in church don't really want to go to church sometimes because the, the, the big issue is I'm tired of talking to the pastor. I really want to talk to Jesus. Well, you can pray and talk to Jesus directly, sir. Hold on, but can I see him, though? You can see him if you have faith. But can I see him, though? You can see him. Stop talking to the pastor. That's what people's problems is. They want to go to the middleman. But this time, as far as athletes, yes, you do have to go to the middleman. You cannot force these people to talk to them. But they're contractually obligated. So again, I'm with you on that. I'm and with you on that. that's not fair. I, you know, I feel like that's not fair. Maybe, like I said, after the tournaments, yes. But during, no, like you're making them lose focus. No, no, but they're not saying during. We're talking about after. We're talking about post-game and pre-game press conferences. Okay, so then I agree with that. Yes, I agree with you on that. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned off the fasten seatbelt sign, and you may now move around the cabin. However, we always recommend to keep your seatbelt fastened through the trials and tribulations while you're seated. In a few moments, the flight attendants will be passing around the drink menu as well as the brunch menu. We only have chicken or waffles or both. So choose wisely. And thank you for flying the late night flight. Shoot. I'll, I'll go to church tonight if they ask me to. I'll be there. 
Yeah, somebody having some Thursday night service somewhere. I have Thursday night service. I can, I can pass out flyers there. Sure, I'll be there. Watch your number. Oh, my God. Definitely passing out flyers in church. What talking about? I hate when they don't want to support you in church. Like, <laughs> is, is this Christian-like? <laughs> Hell no, it's not. Like, it's regular. The same way What's you up? are. The same way you are outside of this place. Get out of here. Well, Sam, we need to talk to you after church so we can get your soul right. So you can monopolize off this. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Let's get this money, Pastor. Stop playing. Stop playing. You should get me up on your show. I would. Don't Joe button me though. <laughs> You playing Kirk Franklin? Listen Kirk, look, here. Kirk Franklin curses right now. You better get your mother. I got that. Hold on, let me see that. Got a piece of paper. Okay. If you think I'm really good, but let me say it like this: When your start to get your skinny mother back out the black way before I put my foot in your. I did it. Welcome back to the late night flight. Tasha, check me out. Do you know how I know this country's opening back up without most of these state governors permission? How do you know? I I've been watching the NBA playoffs. Have haven't you? No. Uh, oh, Tasha, well, check me out. Do you know how I know white America has been in the house too long? No. How do you know? I've been watching the NBA playoffs, haven't you? <laughs> no. All right. So, look, let me just tell you what happened. Things went crazy. Have you heard about John Morant? Have you heard of the name John Morant? How about that? No. All right. John Morant is the second year player that plays for the Memphis Grizzlies. This dude is spectacular. Brung his family out to Utah to go watch him play versus the Utah Jazz. One of the fans yelled at the family member, I will put a nickel in your back and watch you dance, boy. What? Crazy, right? 2021. I mean, who would have guessed Yo, it? Oh, that's crazy. All right. Let me ask you this. Have you heard of Trey Young? No. All right. Have you heard of Steph Curry? Of course. Yes. I follow his wife. Okay. So he's the second coming to Steph Curry, basically. Okay. He's one of those type. He could shoot a three from half court, no problem. He's a small dude, too. He, like, he don't even look like he ball. His hair is ridiculous, but love Trey Young. He could ball. So what's messing with he was doing an inbound pass? As he was doing an inbound pass, 50 Cent is two feet away. There is a dude that threw a loogie out. That's, a, that's, that's, that's spit for those who don't know. Put a loogie out, went over 50 Cent's shoulder, and it hit Trey Young. It was almost like that Seinfeld episode. Have you heard about that? No, but that's crazy. Yes, yes. Some man spit on an NBA basketball player. How about that? 2021. And I know you heard of Russell Westbrook. Yes. Like, Russell Westbrook is the most fashionable tarantula on earth, all right? Like, everyone know about Russell Westbrook. But let me ask you something. Would you throw popcorn on his head while he was leaving out of an arena? No. I mean, yeah, like, you wouldn't do such a thing. But, but it was done, though, Natasha. That's crazy. During a game versus the Philadelphia 76ers in one of these playoff games, someone Shout just out dumped... to Philly. <sighs> no, 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 not a shout out to Philly. Not good, Philly. Not good at all. So look, these three radical ex exchanges just transpired in, in these past 12 days. And Stephen A. Smith wanted to reflect on two elements of why this racial tension could be transpiring. 
One okay. is gambling. So I'm going to let him explain in his viewpoint why one could be gambling. And then we'll, you'll let me know whether you agree or disagree with what he said, okay? Okay. All right, here we go. But New York allows it. New Jersey allows it. Maryland allows it. Michigan allows it. Pennsylvania allows it. Delaware allows it. Illinois and Indiana allow it. Stuff like that. And so when you consider the fact that you can go into an arena like Philadelphia, somebody told me, and they said they wanted to get Wi-Fi. And just to get Wi-Fi, you had to get like a Bally sports app or something like that on your phone just to be able to get the app. Well, what that does is it makes gambling easier and more accessible to the customer out there. So you go to a game instead of a casino and you know you just bet a few hundred, a few thousand dollars or somebody or whatever, and then you see them messing up in the game, who knows how that could cause you to react. That's one element. That's one element right there. So you agree or disagree with that? I actually disagree. I mean, Philly always trying to get money from somebody. I mean, they need to fix those roads. 95 is horrible. But I don't think that gambling has anything to do with the racial tension. I mean, I've always respected the NBA when it comes to like the Black Lives Matter movement and them supporting these uh, racial injustice. But I do know that some white supporters don't like it. And maybe they're doing that because of how they feel about how open the NBA is about that, but I don't think it has anything to do with gambling. Well, think about this for a second. I don't think Stephen A was saying gambling as in, okay, when I gamble, I'm just going to be a racist. No, it's more <laughs> of, I just lost $600. F this big nose N word right here. Just yeah, because, I because, mean, because still- <laughs> think about it. Think about it. If, if you hit me, think about this. If you hit me with your car, I'm going to be so mad. I'm going to say whatever I can to get on your nerves because you just hit me with a car. I mean, if it was all just Philly, I would say, yeah, because Philly fans, if you know, they are crazy. But this is going on in different cities. I mean, Philly, I can kind of see it. But I mean, what is it? The Grizzlies, where are they at? Idaho. (laughs) What place was it that you said they were from? So one was in, yeah, but basically, so Utah, Utah, you already know what's up, right? Same thing. Utah, New York, and where the other place was at? Uh, it was in Philly. Yeah, that make all the yeah, sense Philly. in the world. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense for Philly. New York, uh... Nah, nah, New York, is, New York is pretty segregated on the low. Okay, see? But again, that's racial tension. Those are just... I mean, we just had a president that was like, hey, you can be openly racist. Well, check... Okay, so check this out. Here goes the second element. Okay. Let me know what you think about this, because I think you was barking up this tree right here. But let's let's check it out. Here's the bigger element that we've also ignored. Particularly since the passing of George, since George Floyd's murder. OK, because since Derek Chauvin was convicted of murder, we all know that George Floyd was murdered. Think about the social unrest that took place over the last year and think about how all of these athletes, particularly with NBA, WNBA, NFL athletes at the forefront. Um, We've all spoken about the fact everybody hasn't embraced that. Matter of fact, millions upon millions of people have been against that. They think that athletes should shut up and play. They think they should stay in their place. They believe that politics should have absolutely 
nothing to do with the world of sports. We want to be entertained and we want to go home. We know all of this. This is the first time because of COVID that the fans have had an opportunity to be in front of these individuals. Molly, you made the adroit point of pointing out yesterday how it seems to happen to the black athlete. It's not the white athletes that's getting spit on, it's getting popcorn thrown at them or anything like that. It's the black athlete that has suffered from this. Well, it was the black athlete that was standing up and protesting for a righteous cause on behalf of us as a society and particularly their community. What do you think about that, Tasha? Okay, I'll go back to my last statement. Some of these white supporters don't like this. I mean, they were able to shut up the NFL players. I feel this is my personal, you know, bias statement that I'm saying. They were able to shut up the um, NFL players, but they weren't able to do that with the NBA because they were very open about these movements. I feel like football was like Fox News and then the NBA was NSNBC. That's how I feel. I mean, these are these athletes' jobs. And I don't feel that it's right for these fans that they feel that they can do whatever they want. It's not right. So with all that being said, how dare you not watch the NBA? How dare you? I mean, I just, I don't have no boob, I guess. Maybe if I had a boob, maybe I'll watch, but I have no reason to watch. But we Netflixed and chilled. Oh, so, I mean, we need to talk about that a little later. What the f***? There's that pilot f*** right here. <laughs> we ain't the only, they ain't the only ones just getting free money, I see. Nah, I mean, what, they raised over $90 billion last year. I mean, that's, that's a, whew, I mean, shoot, I need to, I need to be more in my community. Hey, support, be a, hashtag Black Lives Matter. Yo, I'm about to have a support group tomorrow. This is bull. I mean, all we need is a hashtag. All we need is a hashtag and a, and a place where we can meet and have coffee. Black conservative version of Don Lemon and the co-host of Fox News Primetime, Lawrence Jones, spoke with the founder of Black Guns Matter and Philadelphia native. Shout out to Philly. All right, 215. You know that, right? All Go day. get it all day. Yeah, break the guns out. Beanie, Bully, Broad Street, whatever. Anyway, Maj Torre on the current status of the Bank of Black Lives Matter Incorporated. Let's take a listen. So, Maj, uh, so you got the organization. Then you got the people that are on the street that have sincere calls for justice. But then you have the organization that got all the dough, making all these promises because they were pressured to do so. But when it came down to the nitty-gritty, the community didn't see a lot of that dough. So the question is, will there be boycotts? for these corporations, or will there be pressure to pay up? Because I want to see the dough. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want the boycott. The black community want the money. Mm. Y'all said that money was supposed to be for our community. You said it. You, you, you plastered these, the Black Lives Matter. Let me go back a second. Yes, we know that Black Lives Matter as a reality. Obviously, right? And some people in America wanted to pretend like that wasn't the case. So I want to make that clear distinction right. between the people doing legitimate work, community work, and the incorporation that funneled. This was a money laundering scheme. Mm. 
If I, as Black Guns Matter, we raised and gave away over the last four years, we do work in firearm safety and suicide prevention and conflict resolution in black communities for the last four years. We've raised $410,000, give or take, and I've been very transparent with the money. Can you imagine if I'm at conservative tables, can you imagine what they, how they would have crucified me if I only spent a quarter of that $400,000, a quarter, 25% of it on this stated purpose? No. So, Tasha, just to be clear of what Mr. Torre said, the Black Lives Matter Foundation revealed to the Associated Press in February that it just took in over $90 million last year following the May 2020 murder of George Floyd. The foundation also said it ended 2020 with a balance of more than $60 million after spending nearly a quarter of its assets on operating expenses and grants to Black-led organizations. Then this happened. Then this happened, though, Tasha. Patrice Collars, C-U-L-L-O-R-S. She's one of the founders, co-founders of the Black Lives Matter movement. She's stepping down. Now, she's leaving the focus on projects, including her upcoming release of her second book. Her first book was a New York Times bestseller in 2018 and a multi-year TV de uh, development deal with Warner Brothers. Now, her resignation comes on the hills of controversy, Tasha, over the foundation's finances and her personal wealth. Because she just sat here and just, when I sat here, she actually flew out to California and bought her a whole house. So everybody is like, oh, what's going on over here? So I'm seeing the pattern here, Tasha. This is what I'm thinking. Fill out an application, work for Black Lives Matter, send volunteers to areas of mass discrimination, write books and screenplays about those experiences, grab the church's money, buy a house in California and work for Warner Brothers. Are you with me? Are you with me, Tasha? I'm definitely with you. I mean, it's three entities that we can actually go to. They have the BLM Global Network, BLM Political Action Committee, and the BLM Grassroots. Where you want to sign up? Because we got three places we can go. I'm not doing grassroots. It's already hard enough doing a grassroots uh, podcast. This is terrible. Mm -mm, I got to do something global. Global. I'm trying. I mean, we can be on that global network then. Thank you for flying the late night flight. The captain has informed me that it's time to get them woofers to bang. New music. I repeat, new music on the fastest rising podcast and podcast entertainment. Last week I told you that my love is see-through This week I might just slide up on the cream too And I'll be loving your body straight on a teaspoon, baby And you know I'm a head honey Swear to God, I know I need you in my tummy Last week I thought you wanted my money This week you gon' get what you wanted, baby Do you want this love I got? Uh, look, are you on this time I'm not? Look, and I'll be rapping on the I be spitting like everything that be factual uh, Watching Disney Plus, girl, things is magical, look And there's one thing that you gotta know You ain't really gotta go, dumb boys ain't gotta know And you ain't really gotta say, look Most things don't need to be complicated, look Just keep a hood, don't need no explaining, look And I be ballin' like I ballin' for the majors, yeah, yeah, look <laughs> yeah Cause I be ballin' like I ballin' for the majors, yeah, yeah what the f is that pilot right here? 
Welcome back to The Late Night Flight. I'm Natasha Renee, and this is another episode of Netflix and Chill, where we talk about the top movies on Netflix. But this week was a little bit different, see? Nassau wanted to spend a little bit more time with little old me. So this week we watched a Netflix original series called The Upshaw. Oh, yeah, Gina. I'm on it. You still feeling it from last night? You got that aftershock. No. The answers, they're clicking. Huh? Ask me how many widgets. 231. Oh, sexy. You on top of me and that G-Mac. I guess I just needed a little something to relax. What's that little stuff? That's enough now. I have to get ready. I'm about to put my foot all up in this test. I failed. The Netflix original series, The Upshaw, starring Kim Fields, Mike Epps, and Wanda Sykes. The show is about Bernie Upshaw, the head of the black working class family in Indianapolis, is a charming, well-intended mechanic and a lifelong mess, just trying his best to step up and take care of his family. Wife Regina, their two young daughters, and the firstborn son, and then his teenage son, he fathered from another woman. So he got a baby mama. I really like this show, though, Nasora. Um, I didn't like the whole ghetto baby mama thing. I mean, I understood the angle that they were going with that. But I didn't like the fact that, all you know, the whole Tasha thing, all Tashas aren't hood. But I mean, I did like since it's on Netflix that they were able to have less censors as far as the language. And it just it came off a little bit more real than other TV series that you see um, most with most sitcoms. Just to piggyback off what you said, Tasha, I definitely agree with the dialogue in the writing. I love the way they talk to one another. It sounds like a Saturday. It's a regular day with regular people. I do appreciate that. The foul language and the saucy language is not that that's an added bonus. It's just the fact of the matter that is done correctly. Okay. It's done correctly. I appreciate that. It's done correctly. Now, as far as, uh, what was the other thing you were talking about? Oh, the Tasha. Yeah. So hear me out with this. Hear me out with this. There's a million Tashas out there. There's a million Reginas out there. There's a million professional women that can love their man, sex their man, right? Do all that good stuff. And there's a million, let's say, Rache. A million Rache women that whether they wear clothes scantily or not, they know how to attract a man and know they use the the power of accessibility to get whatever man they want, whether that man is married or not. And I feel as though that it's good to have those two type of characters so you can get 2 million, 1 million of Regina's, 1 million of Tasha's into the show. So I think it's a marketing tool that was very smart on them. Everything you said was good. I like everything that you said. I just want to put this one thing out here. I feel like I'm about to hate, but it's okay because this is my show. I can say what I want. If there was anybody that they could take out of the show and it might even make it better, even though he makes it actually pretty okay and watchable, you can get rid of Mike Epps. Unfortunately, I do have to agree with that. Because Mike Epps made the character too much of a dullard to me. And for those who don't know what a dullard is, that's basically not a smart duck. 
And don't get me wrong, Mike Epps is funny. He goofy as hell, but they didn't make him goofy with a mindset. They just made him full on goofy. And if you call goofy charming, well then, damn, no wonder why these dope ass women are hanging out and dating and having sex with these terrible ass men. Would you agree with that, Tasha? I, so I I do agree with that. And I, I didn't like that where they had this well off, you know, you know, white collar female working in, you know, corporate world and her dumb husband who just makes a lot of mistakes. I did not like that. But that's where I was saying that, like the whole I understand you want to have the ghetto girlfriend. You want to have what you typically think you see in our communities. But I didn't like that at all. He could have been a little bit more smarter because he was doing some dumb stuff. Definitely doing dumb stuff. With the ice and everything. It was just like, obviously, no. We're about to get to our next destination. But before we do, we strongly recommend to drink responsibly and pass that bong to me. You feel me? <laughs> I got bars. Oh, and give us a follow on Instagram at The Late Night Flight. And give us a like on Facebook, The Late Night Flight. And thank you for flying The Late Night Flight. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Welcome to Disaster Data 101. I'm Natasha Renee. I'm the soul in the room. Come join this disastrous journey where we talk about our dating horror stories. Our sexual fantasies. Excuse me? Real issues. Thank you. And how we can work through these issues in today's society. And today's episode is, what about your friends? What about them? My friends cannot work on my sexual fantasies at all. What are we talking about here? I don't do that. That's not what I do. Are they going to be around? Are they going to let you down? Hey, hey. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I see what you did there. I thought, I, <laughs> I thought you nah. were talking about the sexual fantasy line that I dropped with the, uh, when I was supposed nah. to put real issues right there. No. No? Okay, I'm sorry. So, this is actually a... It's, a new topic, but it's an old title from my first season. So I did do a segment called What About Your Friends? But this time, I wanted to focus on that whole girl code, guy code thing, you know, the codes of your friends. And- hold on. Hold, hold on. Stop what? the plane. Stop the plane. What? What, why are you plugging girls code on this show? Have we talked about this? Girls code coming soon. You know, you, you lucky me and you are so tight. Girls Code coming soon. Continue. Yes, look out for Girls Code. But out back to this segment. Yes, ma'am. So, you know, people always talk about loyalty and their friends and who we don't date, the do's and don'ts of dating when having a friend. So I had a situation back in college. I had a roommate who I had the roommate for one semester. You guys, just one semester. We knew each other, but we weren't really friends. Four years down the line, I haven't talked to her. I don't know what she's doing with her life. I meet someone that she dated previously or messed around, however you want to say, because word was she had a boyfriend and he was her side piece. Him and I started talking. He did mention that he knew her, but I'm like, okay, she was one of my roommates. We really don't talk like that. I asked a couple of my friends. My friends was like, nah, it's cool. Wasn't really nothing like that. So him and I started talking and then we actually got serious. And as soon as we posted on Facebook in a relationship, 
all hell broke loose. All of a sudden, she was in love with him. I was the worst friend ever. Mind you, I haven't talked to this woman in over four years. I don't even know what she's doing. Worst friend ever. And everybody was saying that I was wrong all of a sudden because they felt like her and I were friends and I shouldn't have done that knowing that she had talked to him previously. Mind you, I didn't know who he was. I always heard of him, but I didn't know who he was. Now, Nasora, have you had a situation where you may have dated a friend's ex or know someone who has dated a friend's ex or something like that? Before I answer that, I just want to say where... She may have something on you. She doesn't have anything on you, but where in her mind, she may think she has something on you. First of all, y'all women are very territorial. That's number one. Y'all very territorial. It can be a male friend. It's like, hold up, girl. You ain't just hollering at him for no reason. Get up out of here. Very territorial. So I'm pretty sure she did something very territorial by doing that. But on top of that, the fact that y'all went out to dinner before, that gives people a sense of thinking that you two were friends in some type of way. We went to the cafeteria and we shared birthday dinners with other friends and we may have went to things at school, but we didn't go to dinner on our own. You should never hung out with her in the first place. Just never, never. <laughs> just kept, just nope, just nah, I'm good. Happy birthday though. <laughs> <laughs> so look, hear me out. Unfortunately, I can't relate to this story, unfortunately. So I'm going to say some things. I feel bad. Well, I don't feel bad that I'm saying it. I feel bad that it's happened, but I'm going to just speak on it. So I've had sex with the baby mother of someone that I grew up with in a high school fraternity. That's all I'm going to say about that. Now, Ooh, that sounds a little juicy. Now, oh, you funny. Now, I will say this. Full disclaimer. I think that she was into me during the time, even though I knew this woman in a separate life. I went to William Patterson University and I knew her as a cool person. We never was intimate, nothing like that. This is years later, maybe five, six years later. And I bumped into her at that time, father of her children, did not know that these two were each other's like, I didn't know they were the parents of children together. I just knew they was around each other and God. we were doing music for a little while and he had a manager. And don't get me wrong, by the way, whoever this, I believe his name is Sha Wu. This is a terrible man right here, okay? Oh, gosh, the manager. <laughs> the manager, yes. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, the person is not Sha Wu. The no, manager is no, the, the manager who was, the manager who left old boy, the father of the children, to go okay. hang out and be my manager. He's a terrible manager. Oh, God. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I think that she must saw this type of, she saw that gravitational pull and maybe she just was like, yo, it's something about him. I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's like something about me in real life. I'm just saying in her mind at this moment of time. So okay. we wound up maybe like a couple of months, three months later, I wound up working this new job at a preschool in Newark in the Ironbound section. She just so happens to work there. And she just starts to fawning. Now, you know, one thing led to another. And at the time where her lust just became so explosive and she just let me know what it is, what she wants to do to be realistic, it was just too little too late. <laughs> it was too little too late. And, you know, the, 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 the thing is this. Here's where 
I, I don't like any of this because I have to now for the rest of my life compartmentalize about it. Whereas this man is not necessarily my friend. Okay. He's not. Just, just, that's just the realism of it. But because we all went to college together for a half a semester, there's other friends that's part of that circle that's going to have their way with me and say, yo, that was wrong. Where in my mind, I'm going to be like, well, how wrong? Explain that to me. But at the same time, I'm only doing that because I'm being defensive and I understood what was being what was being related to me, what was being relayed to me. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? It's it's just it's just one of them sad moments because I'm pretty sure this happened to me in my life as well. And I just maybe I just don't know. And I think that's the best way for me to handle it. And maybe he should have did the same. Maybe he should just turn the other head and just act like he didn't know that happened. Because what could he say? She already was going to do what she wanted to do in the first place. It's not even about you anymore. It's about me. It's about the man she wanted at that moment of time. What she saw. She saw something in me that she just did not see in you. And that's okay. Maybe it's something that you can learn from. Maybe you can learn from someone like me. So I do see that we've both been in these situations. You, I mean, sounds like y'all could have been a little bit closer than me and the other person because y'all knew each other much longer. But that's not the point. The point is we had these things that were, we say that we have to be loyal and fr some friends aren't loyal. So it's like the closeness, the six degrees of separation. How close do you have to be with someone as far as your friendships to make you become loyal to this person. So my question to you, Nasor, is do friends have loyalty when it comes to their friends' as exes? Sure they do, definitely. When it's an ex, like a real bona fide girlfriend that shook hands with the mother, the father, you know, the family. She knows the friends. Like she knows everybody in the circle of you. That type of ex-girlfriend. But not oh. just the random woman that really just wanted some sex and just hang around sometimes, not that woman, because unfortunately, there's always a wolf in the gang that's like, listen, she's up for grabs. And I know that she likes one another one of us because she wouldn't be hanging out with all of us all the time if she didn't like another one of us. Hello, passengers. As always, it's our pleasure to entertain you. Please direct your attention to the screen in front of you for a little in-flight entertainment. We know you'll enjoy. On the next episode of That's My Backup. Welcome back to the Late Night Flight. This is Nassau New Rule. I got the one and only co-producer Smarts with me. We about to do That's My MAGA. This is that segment where we talk about the MAGA party and the Republicans that will soon bend the knee to Trump. Now, before we get into Biden doing Jedi mind tricks in Wuhan, I just got to say a couple of things, co-producer. Got to say a couple of things regarding this dwindling party. Let's start with South Carolina governor or former South Carolina governor Nikki Haley. She went on Twitter called Kamala Harris, I'm sorry, Vice President Kamala Harris, unfit and unprofessional because Kamala Harris put out a tweet saying, have a long weekend. Wow. Because of more you did. 
Wow. So she's unfit because she's telling everyday Americans the same thing everyday Americans tell everyday Americans. I tell everybody have a long weekend when it's a three-day weekend. It's, it's a long weekend. It's a long weekend. You ain't no work on Monday. It's, it's a long weekend for everybody. It don't matter what party you in. I don't, I don't get it. And then you got the Texas governor. His name is Greg Abbott. He's upset. He's in his feelings because the state Democratic senators walked out before midnight over a uh, midnight deadlock to block a strenuous restrictive voting bill that smells like uh, what Georgia's was cooking. Mm-hmm. The same one that Georgia was cooking, basically. Mm-hmm. They shut that down. So now he put out a tweet. I'm going to just read the tweet. I will veto Article 10 of the budget passed by the legislator. Article 10. You know what? He's in Texas, right? I think it'd be funny if I do this. Oh, oh my God. I will veto Article 10 of the budget passed by the legislator. And Article 10 funds the legislative branch. No pay. No pay. But those who abandon their responsibilities. Stay tuned. And- <laughs> partner. <laughs> you bet your partner. <laughs> but so, I'm oh, like, hold up. That was hilarious. So, so look, hold on. I got some numbers for you. Check this out. Yeah. Check this out. You know why he acting like that? You know why they want them strenuous laws going I'm on? I'm sure a whole lot of people came out and voted this in this election. So <laughs> even though Donald Trump won, but I'm going to give you the numbers. 5,800,000, not wait, 5,890,347 votes to Trump. Mm. 5,259,126,000 for Biden. They're too close. Too many you-know-whos came out and did you-know-what. You know, it's no count. It's no count on how many beans in the jar. That's what they're trying to get you to go back to, to get you to vote. <laughs> but look, let's let's talk about why we're here. Right. So the Biden administration views Trump's and Pompeo's investigation as a deliberate effort to put more weight into the lab leak theory while they ignored information suggesting that the virus spread naturally from animals to humans. Which to me, which to me, Smarts, when I hear that, that makes me believe that this investigation is only about a win for the Democrats. So that they can hold the seat for the next three terms, yo. Right. What you I thinking just, about all this right now? Uh, all right. All right. So I'm going to try to keep it sweet, right? Okay. Okay. Joe Biden shuts down the Pompeo Wuhan investigation. Yeah. Yeah. To start. Yeah. A Wuhan investigation. Right. Exactly. So it makes no sense. <laughs> no matter how you slice it, it doesn't matter which administration looked into, looks at looking into it. Yeah. We all want to know. Right. 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 Absolutely. We all want to know where it came from. It doesn't matter if you think it came from it and you looking to prove that it came from it yep. or you're just going to be objective, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. The fact that he shut it down and said, nah, we're not going to do that. And then information started to leak out there that, hmm, mm-hmm. maybe it actually did start in the, in the lab, right? He went, now he wants to come in and do the investigation. So this is the spooky part about this segment that we do called That's My MAGA. Right, right. This cons- the conspiracies, the dun, 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 dun. Uh-huh, you see the spooky uh-huh. music that come on in the beginning? <laughs> this political <laughs> stuff is spooky, bro. And we didn't really trust Biden. We all, a lot of us wanted who we wanted. We didn't want Donald Trump. So we just That's got right. stuck with who we got stuck That's with. Right. And this is the type of stuff, wishy-washy nonsense that we all are afraid of and it's playing out in front of us. So let me, that's, that's, that's my spill on that. All I can say, Biden, is you better make sure you do it right because 
right now, from what I see as far as in Black American world, there's a lot of people, on, a lot of Black people on Facebook that want your resignation tomorrow. I'm still waiting for him to talk to Ice Cube. <laughs> but that's another mess, my MAGA. Thank you for flying the late night flight. Shout out to all the pilots who contribute to the Fastest Rising podcast. If you want to contribute, DM us at the late night flight. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is some pilot right here.